Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. We are here for you to help you get started with your spring into home improvement projects. We know that you've got some on your to-do list. Let's move those to the done list. Give us a call. We'll help you take that first step. 888-666-3974. Speaking of spring, one of the first things that most of us do this spring is clean up and get rid of all of our clutter. And if that is on your to-do list, we want you to think up and take advantage of those vertical spaces to organize. We're going to tell you how in just a bit. And also ahead, now that the snow is finally melting out there and the days are getting longer, you might realize that what's been under all that snow out there is kind of boring. We're going to get tips to add some drama to a ho-hum exterior with simple lighting when this old house landscape contractor Roger Cook stops by to tell us how. And speaking of landscaping and lighting, if that's done well, it also leads to curb appeal, which adds to the value of your home. But that exterior dress-up doesn't have to be expensive. We're going to give you some simple and affordable ideas to dress up your front entryway without spending a whole lot of cash. And also ahead this hour, we're giving away a must-have kitchen appliance especially if you've got small kids. We've got an Amana countertop microwave oven worth 250 bucks. So give us a call right now. That prize is going out to one caller drawn at random from those we speak to on today's show. The number is 1-888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974. Let's get right to it. Leslie, who's first? Doug's got a wallpaper question. What can we do for you today? My parents live in a... Um, uh, old Victorian mansion, southwest Iowa, built around 1919. And um, this is not original wallpaper, but it's start, starting to kind of peel away from the top of the uh, uh, roof line, uh, the ceiling line. And I didn't know what was a good way to, I guess, re-adhere that to the wall. I mean, um, and what would you recommend? So it's just where the top section of the wallpaper meets that wall ceiling joint. Hmm. Now, does it seem like it's happening all across the entire wall, or is it just a piece here and there? Is it just at corners? What What's the situation? Pretty much just this one, um, well, these two strips uh, meet, and I'm not sure, you know, why uh, it was why that occurred there, but uh, the wallpaper is just starting to peel back a little bit. Okay. Well, there is a glue that you can buy, and I, I want to say it's called Seam Fixer or Wallpaper Seam Fixer, and it's sort of like a bottled version of wallpaper paste, and it really is the best solution that I've seen for smaller fixes of wallpapering. Um, I just recently used it because my four-year-old has become fascinated with our foyer wallpaper <laughs> and has started to peel at areas. And as much as I love them, I'm like, dude, let's not do this. And it really does seem to do the trick. Yeah, that sounds great. I'll, I'll look into that. All right. Well, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Now we're going to Iowa where Kathy is on the line with a flooring question. Kathy, how can we help you with your project? Well, my son is purchasing his first home and the home was built back in 1930. And the carpet that is in the home is Newer carpet, but the owner was a heavy smoker, and we are going to have to pull the carpet out, and we found that the backing that is um, underneath of it is probably original carpet padding from 30, 40 years ago, and it's adhered to the wood floors. And they're uh, like hardwood floors? Um, They are hardwood below, yes. Okay, so a couple of things. Um, First of all, you need to pull the carpet up. You need to pull the tackless up. That's the, the nail strips that hold it down. You're going to have to scrape up 
the old padding that's sticking to the floor as best you can. And you would use floor scrapers for that or, or like a paint scraper for that or even sometimes a, a spackle knife or a putty knife will uh-huh. work. And then you're going to have to refinish that floor. Now, if some of the the pad sticks to it, if you really can't get it clean, mm-hmm. then I would use – and actually, I would hire somebody to do this because sanding a hardwood floor is a tricky business if you've not worked with the equipment before because mm-hmm. you can easily ruin the floor. The belt sanders that the professional floor finishers use for these are very heavy and hard to maneuver, and they take a lot of material off very quickly. So if you don't mm-hmm. know how to handle it, you can dig through the floor uh, you know, before you know it, and you've ruined it. Yeah, I don't even know if the floor below is salvageable or what you know, condition or type of wood hardwood flooring it is. Well, you may find that it is salvageable. Very, very often those old homes had good quality flooring underneath, and then the first thing people did was put carpet over it, which made for a great, a great you know, drop cloth in the last 80, 90 years. So you may find it's in good shape. You might also find that it's not oak, but, but Douglas fir, which is equally beautiful, although it's a bit softer. But in either event, have the floors sanded professionally. If you can restore them, I think you'll be very happy with the results. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome, Kathy. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Now you can call in your home repair, your home improvement question, 24 hours a day, seven days a week at 1 888 Money Pit. 888 666 3974. Up next, it's time to get organized and start your spring cleaning projects. We're going to have tips on how you can safely and securely. Build up some shelves to help declutter your space after this. Hey, this is Mike Rowe from Dirty Jobs, and I've just been told that Tom and Leslie might have a dirtier job than me. I find that hard to believe, but then I heard they work in a pit. That's a money pit, but still filthy. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And we are standing by to take your calls at one eight 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 Money Pit. And in fact, one caller who gets on the air with us this hour is going to win a beautiful new countertop microwave oven from Amana. It's a 1,200-watt unit with recessed glass turntable so you can heat or cook larger items. It comes in black, white, and stainless. It's worth 250 bucks. Going to go out to one caller drawn at random from those that reach us for today's program at one eight 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 money pit If you want to see it, you can check it out at amana.com. Now we've got Joe in Illinois on the line with a plumbing question. How can we help you today? We just got through uh, renovating the kitchen, or well, we're almost through with renovating the kitchen, and uh, <laughs> the brass fitting inside the wall, when they... Uh, put everything together, the galvanized nipple was cross-threaded into it. Okay. And so when I went down and, I mean, I, I cleaned out an unbelievable amount of corrosion. I had to use navel jelly to get all the rust out. And I yeah. uh, finally got the threads cleaned up real good and got the galvanized pipe and doped it up and went to screw it in, and it would only go so far. And when I backed it out, cleaned it back up again and took a look, it's cross-threaded because huh. that brass is softer. Right. And what I wanted to find out, is there any kind of a, of a thread repair tool that I could get? I'm fairly adept with construction stuff. My dad was a general contractor, and 
he didn't like giving kids money, but he'd let you earn all you wanted to. So as a consequence, <laughs> I got a little bit of working knowledge. <laughs> well, I mean, look, if you were a plumber, you would probably have a tap that was big enough to clean that up. But that's a pretty expensive piece of equipment. Now, you're trying to connect a piece of galvanized to a piece of brass, and you can't thread them together. So the other option that comes to mind is a Fernco, which is like a rubber boot with two radiator clamps on either side. And a lot of times when you're using when you're trying to attach dissimilar drain pipes like that, you can use a Fernco. You get them together as best you can, use a Fernco around the outside and strap them up and that keeps it nice and tight and it's really easy to do. Uh, is that a readily available and how permanent is that? It's very permanent. Um, I would go not to a home center for that, but I would go to a plumbing supply center and explain the situation and make sure you measure the pipes because they come different sizes based on what you're trying to connect. I do appreciate the advice, sir. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. Cindy in Delaware is on the line with some plumbing odors. Tell us what is going on, Cindy. I have dual sinks in the master bathroom and every once in a while I get a strong sewer smell. Okay. i don't know what's causing it. It uh, doesn't matter if I run the water um, or flush the toilet. But uh, the the left bowl connects the underneath the pipe connects to the right one, and it goes down into the you know under the house. Okay. Well, assuming that they were plumbed correctly, and that you in fact have a, a plumbing trap there, which I'm going to presume you are. The odor is probably the result of something called biogas, which is basically happens when you get a lot of debris over the years, and it lines the inside of the pipe, and it lines the inside of the of the the connections, the drain, and so on. And then that that uh, material will start to produce a pretty strong odor. So what you need to do is take the drain apart and use a bottle brush to scrub the inside of it. You can't just like run something down there. You physically have to scrub it those pipes out, and that usually will eliminate that material, and therefore the odor. Okay. Okay, because I had used, tried vinegar and baking soda. Yeah, that's all good stuff. But, you know, if it's really building up like that, you're going to have to remove the scum, so to speak, that's that's containing all that bacteria that's producing the odor. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Well, spring cleaning season is in full swing, and the number one enemy of a clean, well-organized home is, of course, clutter. Now, if you've gone through all the things in your home that you can donate or dump and you're still left with a storage issue, maybe it's time to think about going up. You know, installing shelving is a basic do-it-yourself project, and you can do it in a weekend. But before you attach any of those walls, you do need to find the studs so that what you put up won't fall back down. That could be a very bad thing. So for that part of the job, you should look at the new line of stud sensors from our sponsor, Stanley. All of the Stanley stud sensors allow you to quickly find studs so you can safely and securely mount shelving. And the Stanley stud sensors can also detect live current up to two inches under the wall so you won't drill or nail into any electrical wires. You can see the complete line of Stanley tools at stanleytools.com. Now, you know, hanging shelves is a great project that can help you stay organized because too many times we tend to use up our floor space. And of course, that clogs up really easily. And then you're not using your walls, which is really such an obvious choice of where you can put things. Now, besides shelving, you want to think about hanging a closet organizer in your garage. You can create tool storage and you can mount all kinds of hooks and different 
components. I mean, if you look at a variety of different organizational stores, websites, companies, you know, just Google organizational or even go to moneypit.com and look garage organization, you'll find so many different attachments, for lack of a better word, that you can use to get things up off of your garage floor. And that's really important because you want to store, you know, bikes and sporting equipment in one area and lawn and garden equipment in another area. And then you're going to see by just freeing up the floor space, spaces, regardless of their interior or exterior, will feel much larger. They'll be safer. They'll be easier to get around and it'll be easier to get to your stuff. So start organizing today and, you know, maybe by next winter you'll have everything in check. Good advice. You know, it always occurs to me that garages is the one place in a house where toys and toxins are stored side by side because you got all the kids' toys and you got all the lawn chemicals and that kind of stuff. So you really need to be careful to keep them separate and up and safe away from those little hands. 888-666-3974. We are standing by with our hands to lend some help to you and your next home improvement project. All right, now we've got Gary in Maryland with some wall cracks. Tell us what's going on. The cracks are along the one outside wall or or the one wall on the short side, on a 26-foot side, and they're both on either side of the bathroom, which is between two bedrooms. So what you're describing is a pretty normal scenario. We typically uh, get movement in walls of homes and where you have seams between walls and ceilings, one wall and another wall or above a, a, a window or above a door. That's where the movement tends to evidence itself. Now, the solution here is going to require that you redo the seam between the cracked areas. What you'll do is you'll pull off the old drywall tape. If it's loose, if it's not loose, you could probably leave it in place. But if it's loose or if it's wrinkled or anything like that, I would pull it out. And I would replace that with fiberglass drywall tape. Fiberglass drywall tape kind of looks like a netting and it's sticky. It's easier to handle. And so you press it into the seam. And then once it's pressed in place, Then you're going to add three layers of spackle on top of that, making each one as thin as possible. So you start with the first one, try to keep it pretty narrow and just cover the tape. And then the subsequent two, you go a little wider and a little wider and try to feather it out the edges. And that actually will bridge that gap between the two surfaces and the crack will not form again. If you try to spackle over a crack without doing that, it's just going to show up. I mean, you could spackle it and paint it, but it's going to come out, you know, every winter or every summer, depending on whether it's swelling or shrinking that's causing the crack, it's going to pop open again. Good. Thank you very much. Good show, too. You're welcome, Gary. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Now we're talking to Pauline in New Jersey who needs some help with a countertop. How can we help you today? I have a lot of counters in both bathrooms and the kitchen, and from this, I have backsplashes as well. And where the backsplash and the counter meet, it's coming up white, and it's, it looks like dry paste. And also, what's happened over the last few years, at first I took a little bit off you know, with my nail, but now it's getting really bad, and it's, there are splash marks as though when they put the counter in, they didn't clean off the so whatever they used, and it looks like you splashed something on and it dried up. And I don't want to use anything that isn't 
bright for the granite and ruin it. So I was wondering if you had a suggestion that might be easy for me to use and, you know, get rid of this stuff. How long um, have you had these countertops? When were they first installed? Seven years ago. And they've never been sealed since? No, no. Well, you know, granite tops do take quite a bit of maintenance. People think that they're fairly maintenance-free because they're somewhat indestructive, but they really do need a lot of care and they need to be resealed from time to time. And it sounds to me like the white stuff that you're describing is most likely mineral salts. And what happens is the the countertops, when they lose their seal, they absorb more moisture. Then the moisture evaporates off and it leaves behind the mineral salt deposits that's in the, in the water. And that's forms that white sort of crust. It's like a grayish white crust. Now, what are you using to clean them on a daily basis? Generally, just water and a little... They told me to use the uh, Windex. Yeah, you know, you can make a homemade granite cleaner with uh, rubbing alcohol, standard rubbing alcohol, mixed with uh, maybe half a dozen drops of dishwasher detergent. Okay, thank you so much. Joe in Pennsylvania is on the line with the plumbing question. Welcome, Joe. When the kids are taking a shower, what happens is you pull the tub up, you know, the drain thing, you pull it up, and then... What happens is when you pull that up, then they can, you know, you can take a bath and it shuts it off. Well, then when you get, they get done or whatever, to let the water out, you got to push it it down. Well, it doesn't stay down and then it pops back up. And so sometimes we wet a washcloth and we'll put it on the end of the little knob to push the thing down. And sometimes that'll hold it, but sometimes it just pops up and then you're, stuck waiting on it for it to drain unless you sit there and hold it down with your hand. Joe, in that type of situation, what you need to do is to disassemble the assembly of the stopper. And that usually starts uh, by loosening the screws which hold the overflow assembly in place. Is there a metal plate on the back of the tub? So that metal plate, usually you take that apart and you pull the assembly out and then clean it. And sometimes you got to scrub it with a toothbrush to get everything working properly again because it's getting hung up and that's why it, it won't open again and drain the tub out without you holding that thing down. You'll often get like a calcium deposit on there from the water stains or sediment you know, or soap scum. There's a lot of gunk that gets in there. But if you take that apart... Remember how you took it apart because you're going to put it back together the same way and clean it. That should solve it. All right. Thank you. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Up next, does your outdoor space lack a bit of pizzazz? Well, landscape lighting can help. We're going to tell you how to complete that project after this. On the Money Pit Radio Show, pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home by calling Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And hey, if you love listening to us on the radio, remember you can take the Money Pit with you on any mobile device. You can fan us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, pin us on Pinterest, and check out our iPhone app. Just go to our homepage at moneypit.com to get access to Money Pit to go. All right, now we're heading on over to Michigan where Terry has a water heater question. What's going on at your money pit? I was wanting to know if um, $800 is a reasonable 
um, amount of money to pay to have um, a hot water tank replaced, but actually the tank was free and the labor was free, and the plumber said that um, need to pay $800 for parts only to replace a hot water tank. So he's saying the labor's free, but the water heater's 800 bucks. Is it a regular standard gas-fired water heater? The water heater itself was also free because it was a warranty item. That sounds pretty ridiculous for a warranty repair. If the labor's free, then he was already paid for a good portion of the work it took to take the tank out. Now, if he had to add an additional part, I don't quite understand his explanation, but if he had to add something additional or replumb something, I mean, $800 is a bit of a crazy price for a little bit of additional plumbing work, considering he was paid for the bulk of the project through the warranty. That sounds like you're getting gouged. Right. Um, We've already contacted the warranty company and the plumber as well. Right. Um, And, you know, the warranty company says contact the plumber. The plumber says contact the warranty company. Do we really have any recourse at all to try and recoup some of that money? So you already paid this? Correct. Well, unfortunately, what I think you're going to have to do is take them to small claims court. And I would take both of them to small claims court, both, because then they'll fight it out amongst themselves because it's going to be more expensive to defend it than it is to to settle it with you. Okay. Well, I thank you very much for taking the time to give me a call back. You're welcome, Terry, and I'm sorry that happened to you. Good luck with that project. Well, if you've spent many hours landscaping your home to make your lawn and garden picture perfect, why leave it in the dark after the sun sets? Well, there's no need to do that when you can use landscape lighting or what we like to call lightscaping to show off your home's dramatic beauty at night, as well as help make it more safe and secure. Here to tell us more about this fun project is Roger Cook, the landscape contractor on TV's This Old House. Welcome, Roger. Glad to be here. So, Roger, to make the most of your outdoor lighting design, you really need to do sort of an assessment of what you're starting with, correct? Right. The first thing I think of are the things that you need light to get in and out of the house, like a doorway or a walkway or a garage, and then maybe something for security's sake where you want to make sure there's light there. So those are the basics, the safety and the security, and then we can get more into the beauty aspects of lighting after that, right? Right, where we take like an individual tree and we light that up so you can see it at night. But I think it's important when you're thinking about lighting what you've landscaped or different beds or different areas of your property, you need to sort of consider what naturally happens with light and trying to replicate that, yes? Right. It's a great thing when you can hide the fixture and all you see is the light, the glow, like a moonlight, Mm -hmm. rather than have a beam in a fixture just shining down so they look like a ray coming out of the sky. You want it to look natural. You want it to look soft. You want it to look like it's been done naturally. And there's a couple of techniques to do that. Um, The first is called downlighting, right? Where you bring light, I guess, from the top down, kind of like moonlight. I really like downlighting because you can uh, use it to highlight specific things. But think about it in the wintertime when you have two or three feet of snow, an uplight doesn't do you much good till it mm-hmm. melts through. A downlight will always usually be there. Yep. And then, of course, you've got uplighting when you do light it from below. And that could probably make things look taller, I would imagine, right? Yeah. A lot of that we use on a building to bathe the side of the building, to give it a glow, and then highlight plants that are against the building. It's a neat way to... Um, put it in the middle of a mass of plants and just have the whole thing light up. Mm -hmm. And then a real cool technique that you use is called backlighting, where you just sort of light behind the landscape, correct? Right. And it's just enough to give the plants a shadow, a visibility that it, it really works out well. 
I mean, it seems like you've got to have the right combination of all of these elements to make it look beautiful and make it look authentic or natural. So is this something that a homeowner should be thinking, oh, I'll pick up this light kit at the home center and do it myself or, you know, really go ahead and hire a pro? It's how comfortable you feel. It's not something that you would just go get a kit because everyone's house is different. Right. They, they can't customize it to your house. A better bet would be to buy a transformer if you're doing low voltage, get individual lights and set them up in different areas in your house and see how they work. And then you can figure out which ones you need and how many and how to run it off the transformer you have. And that's the nice thing about those kits. They're very, very modular. So you can start with just a few lights and kind of build it out from there. Right. And that's an important thing because, as we said, not everyone's house is going to be the same. They don't need 10 up lights and two down lights. It just doesn't work that way. And because it's a low voltage system, that really makes it easier to work with as a homeowner. Low voltage system is very, very simple that anyone can install. What do you think about solar lights? They've kind of come a long way, but you know, they don't really help you if there's snow on the ground or it's cloudy day, right? You know, they don't use any energy and when they work, they're great, especially along a pathway Mm -hmm. in the summer. It's just a really nice highlight. And if you have to, you go and brush the snow off them and they'll still work good advice. Roger Cook, the landscape contractor from TV's This Old House. Thanks so much for stopping by the Money Pit and helping us sort of show off all the hard work that we put into making our yards and lawns beautiful. Yeah, I think we lit up that subject. (laughs) (laughs) Roger. All right, you can catch the current season of This Old House and Ask This Old House on PBS. For local listings and step-by-step videos of many common home improvement projects, visit thisoldhouse.com. And This Old House and Ask This Old House are brought to you by State Farm Insurance. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Up next, want to get a leg up on the competition in the housing market? The answer might be in your front yard. We'll explain after this. You live in a body pit. Money Pit is brought to you by Porter Cable Professional Grade Nailers and Staplers. With over 100 years of experience producing quality, performance-driven tools, Porter Cable continues to be a leading manufacturer and marketer of professional-grade pneumatic fastening tools and compressors. Available at the Home Depot and independent retailers. To learn more, visit PorterCable.com. Where home solutions live. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Pick up the phone and give us a call at 888-MONEY-PIT. Now, one lucky caller this hour is going to get a beautiful new addition for their kitchen. We've got up for grabs a countertop microwave oven from Amana. And it's a 1,200-watt oven that's got a recessed glass turntable. Comes in black, white, or stainless steel, so it's going to match whatever your kitchen looks like. And it's a prize worth 250 bucks. Now, you can see it in all of Amana's appliances at amana.com or pick up the phone and give us a call at 888-MONEY-PIT for your chance to win. 888-666-3974. All right, now we're going to help Bud in Oregon avoid a hair-raising electrical situation. What's going on, Bud? I've got a three banks of the uh, two bulbs each, four foot long, mounted up in the ceiling, built into a box directly over my cooktop. Okay. And during the Summertime, when the humidity is higher, if I get any moisture up there, it can take sometimes days before those lights will come on reliably on the first flip of the switch. Now, in the winter, when I'm burning a wood stove, which means I got lower humidity inside the house, uh, if I'm cooking on the cooktop and don't turn the lights on before, I get the same problem, except 
as soon as the moisture stops going up there and I've got 10, 15 minutes, then the lights will start coming back on regularly and be reliable again. <laughs> so what I need to know from you, if you've got some suggestions, is before I get up there and start looking for how to do something, I want to know what I need to have in in stock. Uh, is there something, uh, a lubricant, a cleanser, or whatever to, to do something with contacts or got any suggestions? I would give up on those fixtures. Yeah, I would, too. I think you're right. I would just give up on them. They don't sound safe to me. Um, I'm not quite sure what exactly is going wrong with them, but they certainly shouldn't be behaving that way. And I would worry about them getting worse and potentially causing a fire. The cost of a four-foot dual-bulb fluorescent fixture is not very much today. And so I would simply take this on as a project and replace each and every one of them. I wouldn't try to change the ballast out. I wouldn't try to clean it. I wouldn't try to do anything like that. I would just replace them. It's just not worth it. That's not what I wanted to hear, but it's just a good thing, and it's probably cheaper in the long run to spend the eight ten dollars per you know put up three brand new ones. Exactly. <laughs> okay, I'll just look for a good time when I can do it without breaking my neck. <laughs> <laughs> That's always important, Bud. Thanks so much for calling us at eight 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 Money Pit. Well, spring is always the hottest time of year for the real estate market. And if you're planning on selling your home, you want to make sure that your house is putting its best foot forward. Now, you may want to pay attention to your front yard because that's going to really make your house stand out. You know, a recent realestate.com survey found that creating curb appeal is a huge factor in buying a home. And the best part of that, landscaping. It can be a very inexpensive and thrifty way to get your home looking fantastic. So start off with a good cleaning the siding, the walks, the driveway, trim back the trees and shrubs, keep the lawn trimmed, get it nice and green, and then think about planting a few flowers. And if you don't have a garden or space in front of your house that you can do that, just think about container gardening and adding those blooms right around your front door. Mm -hmm. And you want to get rid of any eyesores, you know, store your hoses, your garden tools, even your kids' toys and sporting equipments out of sight clutter at your front yard can quickly turn off potential buyers before they even set foot in your house. Yes, I know. It's your things. It's not coming with the house. But people really have a hard time getting past it. So if you can clean up all of that mess from the front of the house, you'll find that these simple tricks will really help you quickly change that sign from for sale to sold. 888-666-3974. And if there's a home improvement project on that to-do list to get your house ready for the market, give us a call right now. We can help. 888-MONEYPIT. Gwen in Wyoming, you've got the money pit. How can we help you today? Well, we're uh, working on a kitchen remodel, and I'm looking at sinks. Right now we have a stainless steel sink that has three compartments in it, and it just doesn't seem to hold the water hot for very long. And I was wondering, are different sinks more insulated, or how could we insulate a sink well, sinks are generally not insulated. Right. What should be insulated is the wall behind the sink. And if the wall behind the sink is not insulated, then the cabinet gets that much colder. And then, of course, the water doesn't stay doesn't stay uh, warm in the sink uh, very long. It's an interesting question, though, Gwen. And, and I'm thinking about how could you possibly insulate a sink? I mean, one idea comes to mind is to spray the whole thing with expandable foam insulation because it would be under the cabinet 
And, you know, once you got it done, it would be kind of a messy job. But once it was done, you'd be finished, except that you would want to make sure you keep it away from all the plumbing connections because eventually you're going to want to replace the, the faucet and, and you don't want to have to cut through all that mess. Uh, you know, or you could just wrap it with uh, some other type of insulation, one that's perhaps encapsulated, like a bat insulation. Um, but I've never actually had anyone ask me how to try to keep a sink warmer, but I see why it's important to you because it would make sense uh, as you're doing the dishes to try to keep that water as warm as, as possible. But I would first want you to concentrate on making sure the wall underneath there is properly insulated. That makes sense. So when we pull it all out and we'll double check to make sure that wall has good insulation. Yeah, that might be part of your problem. And if you get it warmed up, uh, insulated and warmed up, you may not have to deal with trying to insulate a sink. Okay. Well, great. Thank you. You're welcome, Gwen. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. All right. Now we've got Mary in New Jersey on the line who's got a kitchen question. Welcome, Mary. I have Revere pots. The interiors are very, very darkened from water boiling out of them. Right. And I'm wondering how I could brighten the interiors. Mm, so the inside. What about the outside? Is it copper bottomed? Oh, I have a household item, an old one that I use. And it works fairly well. I use vinegar and salt on the bottom. Oh, good for you, yeah. Vinegar and salt or vinegar and lemon juice is a great copper polish. Oh, good. Now, in in terms of the inside, I think what you're seeing is the actual change of the metal color itself. I don't think that's a stain that you can remove, Mary. So I, I think you're just going to have to live with that. Oh, okay. That's just good old-fashioned wear and tear. But it hasn't affected the structure of the pots, okay? Okay. You're very welcome, Mary. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Up next, having a pipe leak is bad enough, but hiding the stains that it leaves behind, well, that's another project you'd probably like to avoid. We've got tips to help simplify that job next. The Money Pit is presented by Aero Sheds, the leader in steel storage sheds and buildings. Steel sheds are durable, secure, and a great value. Aero Storage Products, available at National Home Centers, hardware stores, and online. See a complete line of products at sheds.com. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Hey, why don't you join the Money Pit community? And guess what? You will be instantly in contact with a ton of other do-it-yourselfers, just like yourself. You can find out what everybody else is working on. You can get expert advice from Tom and myself. Or you can just run an idea by the home improvement community at moneypit.com and see if they think it's a good idea. Or maybe they've got some tips because they've done the project before. You can share pictures of what you've been working on. It really is a great community section where you will feel part of a team. And while you're there, you can post your question, just like Ryan from Alabama did, who writes, I had a pipe leak in an upstairs bathroom. It was fixed with very little problem, except I have a brown water stain on my ceiling downstairs. What do you recommend I use to clean it? You know, that's an interesting question and one that we hear a lot. The brown stain that you're seeing is not really a stain in the sense that you can clean it. It's not like, you know, dripping tomato sauce on your on your countertop and you want to wipe it off. That's a chemical reaction uh, between the water and the paper and the drywall behind. So what you need to do is to seal that in and paint over it. You can't just paint over it because what will happen is that stain will sort of bleed through. This is a situation where you need to use a primer. 
Now, you don't have to prime the entire ceiling. You can just spot prime that stain if it's not too big. If it's an enormous stain, you are going to want to prime the entire ceiling because what will happen is that the paint will absorb differently over the primer compared to not over the primer, and so you'll get a slightly different sheen. So if it's just a little bit of a stain, you know, maybe something less than 12 inches, in that situation, you can just spot prime that, repaint that, and you'll be good to go. But you have to prime. If you don't, that stain will come through, and you'll be looking at it over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And that's really the best way to just keep it gone forever. All right, next up, Nick in New Hampshire writes, I have a half bath right inside of my back door. The floor leans backwards, leaving about a quarter inch gap at the back wall. This lets cold air stream in. How can I seal the draft that comes in under the floor? That sounds like a pretty big gap, even though a quarter inch really isn't. It does. And I think this is a situation where an expandable foam sealant product would work very, very well. A product like Great Stuff or a similar product to that, where you spray the foam into the gap and then you let it dry. Now, the secret to this is that once you spray it, it probably will expand out into the room. Do not try to clean it up while it's wet. Let it dry. It gets nice and hard, and it's easy to cut with a utility knife or a saw uh, or something of that nature. You do not want to try to clean it up while it's wet because it's really gooey and sticky and it gets all over everything. So if you spray it in there, let it expand, let it puff out into the room a bit, then you can cut it clean with a utility knife, add some trim if you have to, and you're good to go. And that should make that a lot warmer space. All right. Now, Jamie in Montana posted, I have to hold down the handle on one of my toilets to allow it to flush completely. Is there a way to fix this? Yeah. Simply replace the flush valve and the fill valve, Jamie. Very inexpensive. You know, about 15 or $20 in parts. Totally do it yourself. Just follow the instructions uh, that come with the valves. But this is the part of the toilet that does wear out. And when you have toilets that run like that or that don't flush properly, that's going to be very expensive in terms of the amount of water it wastes. So go ahead and replace them. It's something you can easily do inside of an hour. Fluidmaster.com. Their website's fantastic. There's all sorts of how-to videos. They've got every part you need. Yeah, exactly. They really do a nice job of kind of walking you through step by step. You know, most of the time we would tell you not to hire a plumber for a plumbing project. This one, though, is pretty straightforward. If you can turn the main water valve off to the toilet, you should have no problem replacing these valves. Mm -hmm. It's a good plumbing confidence builder, if you will. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Thank you so much for spending this hour with us. We hope we've given you a few tips, some ideas, and a bit of inspiration to help you get started on your spring home improvement project. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues 
for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold.